Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledyard from thedraftnetwork.com, along with Trevor Sycamore, also from thedraftnetwork.com. And Trevor, today, the Senior Bowl officially gets underway. Not the practices just yet. That won't be till tomorrow. But we've got the pressers. Got some opening comments from players later today. It still feels very Mobile-like, you know? Oh, yeah. So it feels, you know, we're getting a Mobile today on Monday. Um, We're going to be there throughout the entire week. We're going to have, you know, not only awesome content, hopefully you guys were following along with the Shrine Week stuff. And if you were, thank you so much for reading because we had a killer week. Um, But we're also doing live draft shows. How about that? Um, Put on by our partners, Mercedes-Benz, we're partnering with them to put, give you three live draft shows this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. After the final practice, we're going to be going live on the Twitter.com, um, on our Twitter handle, at Draft Network LLC. So we'll be giving you guys tons of coverage. I mean, that's that's the whole goal this week, is to just give you as much Senior Bowl coverage as possible. And um, if you thought we did pretty well with the Shrine Week coverage, I think we're going to take it to a next level, another level this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Cover being able to cover each practice and kind of offer perspective on each practice, especially this quarterback group with a lot of teams looking for a quarterback who's going to kind of emerge. Some of the quote unquote top guys are going to be there. So being able to unpack that um, is going to be fun. But yeah, we're going to have a great time. The shows will be directly after practices uh, during Senior Bowl weeks, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be around 5 p.m. Central Time. Um, so that's usually when the practices ends here. Sometimes there's a little wiggle room with that, but. Uh, we'll probably uh, be at 5 or a little at, a little later than 5, a little, a little right after 5. We'll start the shows up, and they'll be a half hour long. After each of those practices, we'll have rotating analysts, myself and Trevor, Cal Krabs and Joe Marino over the Draft Dudes podcast, Ben Solak and uh, and Brad Kelly will be on as well, and of course, Paige DeMarco's hosting all three days will be wonderful as well. So make sure we really love for you guys to join us. As always, it's all sponsored by Mercedes-Benz, and we're uh, extremely appreciative of their interaction as well. Today, Trevor... Before we get into yes, before we get into Senior Bowl, we we thought it would be fun for the people to do a little pre-Senior Bowl mock draft edition with our nearly complete mock draft order: New England and the Rams, the only two spots up in the air right now. Of course, right now, Patriots. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. We we all knew what was coming. It was funny. The Chiefs kicked the field goal to go into overtime, and we're watching together in Tampa, and watching with Cal and Joe as well, and. It was like, well, great that you kicked that field goal, but if you don't get the coin toss, you're going to lose the game. So stupid. Isn't it, it? We all knew it. The yeah. coin toss is it, it's, I, it's just so dumb that playoff games yeah. are just like a major role in playoff games are decided by a coin toss. It just doesn't make any sense. And for the people that say, like, oh, how about you play some defense? Like, I get it. It's a two sided game, but you should but who, still. But the Patriots get, weren't playing defense either. Right. You should still get a possession. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Anyways, whatever. We digress. Get, let's get on with the mock. Okay, mock draft time. Trevor will be picking the odds. I will be picking the evens. And we will be attempting to predict. We're attempting to predict here perfectly how. Oh, we're going to predict. Okay. We can, you, can, you can let your own opinions interject in your Okay, okay. No, no, no issue with that. Okay, okay. But uh, for the most part, we're going to be trying to stay realistic with this as much as possible. I know there's some guys we like way more than the NFL might, some guys we like way less. Mm-hmm. We'll try and keep this realistic so you guys are getting a good picture. Uh, of kind of how it could go down while still slipping in some of our opinions as well. So you're on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there's not a lot to overthink here. Um, I really do think for me. it's what? You're going to make this hard for me, number two. Why? Because I'm. you want go me? Go ahead. Tell me who you're picking. Uh, <laughs> now I got you thinking. <laughs> I'm, p- I'm picking Nick Bosa. Okay. I'm going to pick Nick Bosa. Right. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of an obvious. We're we're getting to the point where actually there's a debate, though, between another very good defensive line prospect, which you will probably intro here soon, 
and then obviously anything that might happen with the quarterback class. And we all know that quarterbacks are just going to be coveted. We'll see how much. Not necessarily by Arizona, because Arizona already has their guy in Josh Rosen, but you know, you maybe hold that pick for ransom. We'll see what happens. But if they do if they are picking here, I think it's going to be Bosa. Well, you know, Bosa going off the board first definitely makes this tougher for San Francisco, I think. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, you could still get an impact player. You know, I think this is a situation where we've talked about it before. San Francisco should try to get to number one. It should try to get Nick Bosa. Even if you're giving the Cardinals something, somebody's giving them something. And Nick Bosa is the difference maker, I think, that this team needs. But there's a couple pass rushers that are in that bucket for me. I mean, not not on Bosa's bucket, but in that next tier. Uh, and I think Josh Allen's one of them. I think he's a good fit with the 49ers. Whoa. I think he provides the traits they need. Okay. I know Quentin Williams is better, but look at this team. They need an edge pass rusher. Really I love do. Quentin Williams. But he just doesn't fill a need for San Francisco. I know everybody says take the best player available. The reality is you take the best player available at a position of need. You can be a multiple positions of need. You're still taking a player you need on the roster. To me, they need Josh Allen, who's still a very, very good football player. And honestly, I could be talked in a couple other rushers potentially right. at this spot too. Okay. But uh, I think Josh Allen's the guy, if you're staying at two and we're not doing trades, okay. I think he's the guy that you take. Um. You know, the Jets really would have loved to have Josh Allen. I think that's going yes. to be a big, one of their This would be crushing Jets. for the Jets. This would kind of suck suck butt for the Jets. Um, but, I, I, you know, if the, if the board ends up like this, I know, they need, uh, I know they need offensive line help, but I don't think they're going to overthink Quentin Williams. I really don't think that. Yeah. Um, he was, without a doubt, the best college football player. In, well, at least NFL draft-wise, I think, right. um, oh, yeah. in, uh, in 2018. And so dominant interior player we're seeing the interior play is is definitely rising up over the last couple of years and Quentin Williams plays it about as good as anybody can so you are up with Oakland we got three defensive players off the board yeah no surprises really either I think three of the top defensive players on most people's board right NFL obviously likes a couple more we may see them go in the top 10 as well Jets with Quentin Williams is interesting because a lot of Jets fans say well, we drafted Leonard Williams, Sean Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, yeah, but, all these I mean, guys. You, you can't not pick him, right? right. Who's on that team now? Not Richardson, not Wilkerson, probably not Leo Williams after this offseason, looking to trade him potentially. So you're looking at a situation where... What do you think they could get for him? Quinn Williams is better than all those guys anyway. I think they'd get a third, maybe. I don't oh, think you're wow. going to get higher from that. Ooh, okay. You're not going to get higher than that. Man, yeah. all right. But at this point, do you take it? Because you're not signing him long-term anyway. Yeah. You know, I, and yeah. you've got some good... I mean, Nathan Shepard's on the come-up. You know oh, Boy, do I know that. Nathan Oakland. Shepard and Quinn next to each other? I know. Might, might be a exactly. Fan. Might it's be going to be dominant. Uh, Oakland at number four. Oh, man, this is really tough. Talk about a board not falling the way you want it to at all. You know Oakland would love to get up there. I just can't talk myself into Oakland taking a quarterback. They're really in a hard spot. If this were the way the board falls, you really want to get out of this pick, right? I mean, you want to trade out of here. Ed Oliver, you just took P.J. Hall and Reese Hurst, two, three technique type yeah, defensive tackles already. they do need edge, already. right? They, they do need, need edge. edge. They need some corner. I just think it's a little high for Polite. I think the NFL will think it's a little high for Brian Burns. Cleveland Farrell in this spot seems a little bit high. So you're kind of in that rocking hard place right now with Oakland. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Brian Burns just because I think they need an edge rusher so badly. And Burns is kind of the guy you can play him standing up. You can mm-hmm. play him with his hand down. You can be versatile with your fronts. I think he's pretty polished. I don't know if he's an elite athlete. I think athlete he's, he's the guy guys, that they need, right? I think he is. I think he really is. Based on who's on the board, yeah. Uh, number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that I know very well. Um, I know it's a predictive mock, and but you know it is early in the process, so I really don't know which direction they want to go because they're going to have likely some needs to fill on both trenches, which always makes it tough. They're obviously in need of a cornerback as well. They need running back help. Um, I, and I ultimately think that if the board is like that, they're going to take somebody like Jonah Williams. I think Jonah Williams is going to be the guy for the Buccaneers. 
they just they're in a spot where they have to improve their offensive line. Their offensive line kind of proved itself as one of the worst in the NFL uh, last year. And and if you're really going to go all in on Jameis Winston and give him the best chance to prove himself in what is his contract year, you've got to give him every chance at that. And I think that you've got to start upgrading that offensive line. Yeah, it's an interesting pick because we've heard the NFL likes Jonah Williams more guard, or at least a lot of teams do. So then it becomes this thing where, okay, was the Bucks taking him? Is he's going to play tackle? Obviously, there. Are they going to be one of those teams that think that way, or is Jonah Williams going to fall because teams don't really see him as a tackle and they value tackles a little bit more? It's going to be interesting to see if that one's realistic as everything unfolds. Giants are on the clock. They've got needs at right tackle, at right guard. Some would even say at center. I think that obviously on the defensive side of the ball, you have needs as well. But Cody Ford just feels like a perfect fit for me. Plays right tackle. They need a right tackle across from Nate Solder. You know, you try him out, I think, a tackle. You try and develop him there. If you can't, you kick him inside. Cody Ford and Will Hernandez on the same offensive line. Be fun. You can't win until you, until you, until you start winning the trenches. So, yeah. I mean, like, you know, you could look at this pick, and there, there might be some other sexy picks for the Giants that Giants fans might want to have, but it's just you've got to have the O-line. You've got to have the only to get yep. done. So I think it's a good pick. Uh, I'm up with Jacksonville next. A quarterback has not been taken yet, which means this one makes it's, it's pretty easy for me. I think it's Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Um, I think the Jags are even a team who are definitely in play to possibly, possibly move up, make sure they get their guy, because I really do think it's probably going to be Haskins when it's all said and done. I have some things that you know Haskins certainly needs to get better at uh, after coming off a one-year starter. He's 21, 20 years old, whatever it is. You know, he's young. He's definitely young as a quarterback, but I do think that he got a lot better as the year went on, and that was encouraging. And so um, this is the kind of guy that you take and you mold and you hope can be a franchise dude. Taking Cleveland Farrell for the Detroit Lions at number eight, I think that he offers kind of the well-rounded skill set that you're looking for. Matt Patricia likes, I mean, everybody likes passers, but if you can't defend the run, if you can't hold the point of attack, those are the kind of guys Matt Patricia's looking for. So while other teams will be enamored with some of the more flashy players like Allen or Burns or even Ja'Kai Polite, I think Matt Patricia's going to gravitate a little more toward Cleveland Farrell. Also could easily be a running or a cornerback going off the board to Detroit, but True. as it stands now, I like Cleveland Farrell at number eight. Okay. Um, Buffalo Bills up at number nine. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this pick by telling you guys, that you, you Bills fans, this. Just Google either DK Metcalf jacked, DK Metcalf shirtless, DK oh, yeah. Metcalf workout, whatever you want, and just look at this dude, the size of this dude. I know his production was limited at Ole Miss, but that only that had to do with you know him kind of on the come up over the last two years, and the offense really uh, not being the best offense or just orchestrated the way that it should have been. They really should have been a better offense, and DK is a big reason why. So limited production just because he got hurt his last year, but man, if, if this guy's neck is all good, which it seems like it is going to be, he has the body, the look of a potential Josh Gordon type of player. He really does, and so I think that. Uh, Josh Allen there in Buffalo would certainly love to have a guy like DK Metcalf on their team. Yeah, no doubt. It's a perfect fit there. I'm up with Denver at number 10. Man, I just think the need at quarterback is great. I wouldn't make this pick, but again, this gets into the predictive side of what we're doing a little bit. I just think Drew Locke is going to be John Elway's type of guy. We've yeah. talked about this off the air. We've talked about with Kyle Joe. I'm with you. I've seen Ben Albright kind of mention that, that this is this is his guy. Feels like Locker Jones, right? Daniel feels Jones. Feels like it, yeah. And Locke kind of has the tools, I think, that Elway will see more upside with uh, out of the two guys. So Denver going Drew Locke at number 10, their quarterback of the future. Since he's at number 11, and I think that they would really like to take an <laughs> offensive tackle, I think if Cody Ford would be here, it'd be really interesting for him just because he could be, like you said, almost for the Giants, that fit. 
um, five or six picks ago where he could be versatile. You could start him out wherever. You could grow him. And even as you add to your offensive line, he could be a piece that you move around to kind of like complete that group out. But he's not there. Uh, I don't think there's a versatile, as versatile of a lineman. They could go Dal- Dalton Reisner, but I think it's a little early. I don't think the NFL is going to be that high. Instead, I'm going to have him go Devin White. I, it is a pick that we have seen uh, <laughs> since he have multiple times before in mock drafts, and it's going to be one that's going to be a common one throughout the draft season. But White is just such a good player. I know McShay had him at, at uh, number three on his, his board. I don't know if he still does, but that's how regarded this guy is. That's the talent they think he is. And McShay talks to the NFL, so I've got to think that that's kind of a reflection of of what they might think of him. So I think that he wouldn't he wouldn't last much more than this on, on an NFL board. The next Ray Lewis, I've been told even. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, don't boy. Know, don't know if you've heard those reports or not, but they're circulating. Somebody let the police know, please. Yes, please. Green Bay at number 12. <laughs> oh, man, this is a tough pick. They need edge rushers. You know, they obviously get the situation with Brian Belaga's health, and they can't stay on the field. And I just wonder when when do they turn the page there and kind of move on? Never and start playing it for the other tackle spot. Never. Never. I don't know. Tight end though, it screams at me, man. I just think this offense it needs to be more dynamic, and I like the young receivers. We'll see how they come up, but got to get a piece. If those young receivers are mature and you're going to ride with them, and I think they showed enough last year that you will. Randall Cobb's obviously gone after this season. You have Devonte Adams in place. What about Noah Fant? They love Iowa guys. They love Josh Jackson. They got Mike Daniels. They have picked up Iowa players. Uh, uh, under the regime that's there now and that was there uh, last year, uh, that was there before with Ted Thompson. And I just think Noah Fant makes sense. They don't care about blocking from their tight ends. And here they are with a chance to add a dynamic weapon who doesn't necessarily block. So Noah Fant makes I, sense. I didn't really see that coming, but yeah, that kind of makes sense. Uh, you, you actually were sure that way. Sorry, we don't have a cough button. Yeah, we don't. We're not in the studio yet. So, uh, and I'm sick, so you're just going to have people are going to have to deal. <laughs> uh, Miami. All right, you ready for this one? I'm ready. Kyler Murray. Really? Kyler Murray. Yep. Explain this. Yep. Thing. I think that it's. I, I do think that it's going to be Kyler Murray. Um, he. I, I've been talking with Kyle Krabs of the Draft Dudes. He is a noted Miami Dolphins fan, and even though he doesn't really seem like he would want Kyler Murray, he kind of is talking about this being a Dolphins thing that really could happen. Uh, they they certainly need a quarterback. They're going to move on from Tannehill. They're starting a new regime. They're getting Brian Flores as their head coach. They're going to need – anytime you get a new coach like this, if you're about to turn the page at quarterback, just turn the page. Just get the fresh start. And I think that that's what they're going to do. And if Haskins and if Locke are off the board, I think those are two of the more dynamic ones that Miami would be uh, in consideration for. And if they don't, I really think that – I think that 13 is going to be a quarterback no matter what. And I think that if those two guys are off the board, they're going to take a chance at Kyler. That's interesting because I think there are only two teams in the draft that really need a quarterback. And I think Jacksonville's one of them, and they took one. And I think Miami's the other one because Jacksonville's already said we're moving on from Bortles. Miami's already said moving on from Tannehill. Obviously, with this contract, that's kind of a no-brainer. So that makes sense. I, you know, and I don't know that Kyler's going to go that high, but I do think quarterback will be firmly on Miami's radar. If they don't address it in free agency or in a trade, then I would expect some quarterback to be the pick at number 13. Might be Daniel Jones, but uh, they're definitely going to take one, I think, in the first round if they don't get one in free agency. All right, Atlanta's on the board. I'm about to make Falcons fans very happy because Ed Oliver's still available. Oh, my goodness. What are we doing? And we're here at 14, and I don't really even think we've been that egregious. Like, there are not a ton of teams with big defensive tackle needs. Like, 
We gave the Jets a defensive tackle, and a lot of people wouldn't say it's one of their biggest needs. It's not Oakland's biggest need. Tampa has a need there, but they also have huge needs on the offensive line. Right. The Giants are okay at defensive tackle. The Jaguars are okay at defensive tackle. Detroit's okay No matter okay what mod draft you do, there's always going to be some okay. guy where it's yeah. like, how can you let him fall? Right. And you go, okay, well, where else he going? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a legitimate possibility. Ed Boy, that'd be, that'd be fun for Falcons fans. Maybe not this far, but... yeah. And all over to the Falcons at number 14. Be fun no for rating. Falcons no fans. Rating. Washington, I think they need an offensive weapon real bad. And I think the NFL is actually pretty high on this guy. I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry from Arizona State uh, as the second wide receiver that's going to be off the board. There are a couple of guys that I would probably pick above him, especially at the wide receiver position. But I I have heard that the NFL is kind of kind of a lot higher on him than I am. And so if we're doing a predictive mock here, Washington certainly needs some weapons for uh, Alex Smith or whoever they want to bring in there, but um, that's what I'm going. Brings me up with Carolina. Man, this is a tough pick. Offensive line's a huge need, obviously. I don't agree with it, but at some point, what's the plan after Khalil? If Moten's the right tackle, Darrell Williams about to hit free agency. I don't know if you're going to want to compete for the kind of money he's going to bring in. I just think Greg Little is going to be a guy that they look at in this draft and they're going to say, let's develop him. Let's be honest. Yeah, Carolina, mock here. not exactly been great at evaluating mock. offensive line talent. So I think it takes so you're going to give him another guy who might be a difficult exactly. evaluation. Exactly. Oh, and boy. And we'll see if they can finally develop one. Okay. Uh, Cleveland on the board, this is, a, this is a no-brainer. They're picking Grady Williams. If Grady Williams is here and they get to pair Grady on the other side of uh, Denzel Ward, I think that they will uh, jump at that chance because that gives you two true man-on-man corners where you can get about as aggressive a defense as you want. Now, um, Greg Williams no longer the defensive coordinator, so he's not going to be there. But uh, I have to still think that with the personnel that they have, they're going to be about as aggressive as they can be. It starts with your corners on the outside. You've got to be able to trust them in man coverage. Greedy probably presents the highest ceiling of that type of cornerback. This one's a no-brainer for, for Cleveland if he's still there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Uh, Minnesota at number 18. The needs are offensive line and linebacker, maybe. I don't know. But I don't see the linebackers here for Minnesota. I think they're going, you got to fix that offensive line. It's got to be a priority. Mm-hmm. A lot of offensive linemen already off the board, though, at this point. So where are you going with this pick? To be honest, I think that uh, I think that you're going to see another offensive tackle come off the board. Jawan Taylor. Gator, great. Gator, great. Not sure many would consider him Gator, great, but he definitely improved this past season. This is high for my blood, no doubt. High for my blood. But I do believe the NFL is going to see the tools and the traits they want at the position, and they're going to try and develop him, and I bet he goes higher than people think. You know, John, I've often said that anytime you can get back-to-back Gator, great picks in a mock draft, you got to do it. And it's a perfect time to do it right Kai Polite, I have him going off to Tennessee. Tennessee's got some corner needs, but they've put a lot of capital in those corners, so I think you kind of got to ride it out. You know, when you sign guys with the contracts they have and you've invested that kind of capital, you really have got to let it ride. I'm all for, hey, moving on if you think you made a mistake or if you can upgrade it to a certain area. I'm definitely down for that. But I just think it's a little too much right now. They certainly haven't needed an important position. Polite makes sense, I think, for Tennessee. Pittsburgh on the clock, my Steelers, and corner's a huge need. Uh, it's a no-brainer. Byron Murphy's on the board. Do I think he's a perfect all-around player? No, but I think he has the ball skills and instincts that this team desperately needs a corner. He doesn't have the size they usually look for. Hope he has enough speed. At what speed point are we going to do that? Do I think he's a perfect prospect? Yes. 
And then just that. Because we, we always do that. We always send Quinn Williams. We <laughs> always preface it with, do I think he's perfect? No. no. But, and then we go on. I'm just waiting for like, do I think he's perfect? That would have been a great yes. way to intro this. I know. Okay. Well, Both next, a pick. next mock draft if we do, I'm literally going to say, odds. do I think he's perfect? Yes. And then just let me, then just and then dead, just air, purely, purely dead air. <laughs> Then I take the next pick. You got to take the cue. That's great analysis there, Mr. Sycama. Um, 21, Seattle. You're Seattle. on the board. Seattle. Seattle could use some edge help. They could use some cornerback help. But um, they could use some. I, I think that they're probably going to look to upgrade the offensive line. I'm going to give them okay. Chris Lindstrom. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say Chris Lindstrom just because it. I don't know if it, Seattle, I feel like they've kind of, I don't want to say ignored, but. Um, they just really haven't developed. prioritized or de- developed the their offensive line nearly as much as they should. Now maybe that's a hint that they won't be they won't continue to do that, or maybe it's a sign that they might finally realize, hey, we should probably in- invest some high capital in this. So, I think that they will. Yeah, they showed their run first right now, and they're keeping Brian Schottenheimer as OC, which then you got it. I hate, but you know you Lindstrom, got it. Yeah, run first offense. He makes a lot of sense, and yep. uh, I think that that offensive line did come away uh, without Tom, with Tom Cable gone this past yep. season. Baltimore number twenty two. Probably losing John Brown in free agency. I don't know if you want to pay a guy like that uh, who's been around no for need. a little while now and has injury, injury history. But how about a little Marquise Brown? Replace him with okay. another speedster. All right. Needs another dynamic threat. Remember, let's just be honest, okay? Baltimore's going to run the football. Why not get a guy who adds something to your option Strange. offense in Marquise yeah. Brown? He yeah. can do a lot of different things for you. I think he can do some things out of the backfield. So keep that offense dynamic. Add Marquise Brown to the attack. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense there. Houston got to be offensive line, right? I mean, does it not? It's got to be. This run isn't. This run isn't helping them. But and, yeah, uh, it, I think it's going to be offensive tackle. I'm going to give him Yadmi Juice. Um, okay. I, I think run on tackle. He he he's got a little fight in him. He really does. And so I think that he's a guy that'll fit in in Houston. They definitely need to try to upgrade that offensive line any way they can. You take a chance on a tackle first and foremost. See if they pan out either right or left. So we'll see what we can choose. Oakland, I'm going to go in a surprise direction here. Delaware safety, Nasir Adderley, I think safety. Direction, he says. I don't know if Carl Joseph is part of the solution for the future or not. Uh, we'll see, I think. But even if he is, why not get Nasir Adderley, man? He can play in the slot. He can play around the box. He can play deep. You're developing young corner in Garyon Conley. You need another star in that secondary. Young corner. I'm about Adderley. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, this one's for you, Ben Solak. They're taking Jeffrey Simmons. About time. Yeah, we we're pairing him inside, and and yeah, honestly, man, getting him at twenty five, I think, is a huge steal. I think in this draft class, you're going to have a lot of interior D line dudes, um, a lot of edge guys that have a ton of potential to be different makers in this league, and because of that, I think you're going to see some of them fall. Philly, if this is the board, they'd absolutely love this. Julian Love to the Colts. This is kind of a surprise. Not many people walking him in the first round. If he runs well enough, he had a really good season. Very smart player. Coverage diverse too. Good flip fit with Matt Eberflus. I think he can start in that secondary right away. Is there a high ceiling? I'm not sure about that, but I think he's a good, solid football player who can start and help this team right away. Oakland's up. This is our third pick. Who'd you they've pick got, before? They've got uh, Burns, Brian Burns, they got Brian and they got Nasir Adderley, so the defense is coming along. Nasir Adderley. So now it's Brian Burns. Arden Key, Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon. Oh, I love it. I I'm, love it. I'm gonna give him Kelvin Harmon here, I and I think that the NFL is pretty high on Harmon. I think he's going anywhere from 15 to 25. I think that that would probably be a sweet spot for Kelvin Harmon. Um, and Kim and Nikhil Harry really kind of have the same range. We'll just see which teams prefer one or the other. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense for them. Chargers. What have we been doing trying to do for years now on this podcast? 
uh, create give. create the most nasty defensive line of all time. Thank you. We have. <laughs> we tried to give him who? Maurice Hurst. All we last did. We season. did. We did. We were sitting there with yeah. seventeen. We're like Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst. Even please, after the hard thing. Maurice Hurst. Then he lasts around five, and they still didn't get it. They still don't have interior pass rush. It kills them every year. Get interior pass rush. You can keep Melvin Ingram on the edge. I know you like to move these guys around. Fine. Christian Wilkins played on the edge first couple years at Clemson. He's a versatile defensive piece. Can play inside. Fits perfectly in a number of different techniques. He's the kind of guy the Chargers need. I know they have other needs, but I won't get away from it, Trevor. Make that defensive line truly dominant. Add Christian Wilkins to the attack. Listen, don't have to sell me. I thought Wilkins had a fantastic year. Not many times we can look at a guy like Wilkins and be like, oh, it was smart for him to go back. Right. You know, he made the right decision. Won a natty, got revenge on Alabama, increased his draft stock. Good for Christian Wilkins. Green Bay's up, and... You know, I, I do think that the NFL is certainly lower on this guy than maybe we were either currently or before. But I'm going to take Deontay Thompson for Green Good Bay. Choice. They they had no fan. Packers fans are going to be so triggered, by the way. They think he's ha-ha Clinton Dix, even though they're very different. But they needed a guy like Clinton Dix. Uh, yeah. It just didn't work out. Right. But like, you, you should still, see him on Twitter, you still, They think Deontay Thompson's the worst. But, like, they still need yeah. that guy. And Thompson isn't doesn't shy away from physicality at all. Yeah. At all. Clint Dix was weird because, like, Clinton Dix, I thought, could hit, but, like, didn't want to. Yeah. So, a lot of time he bailed out. Um, yeah, Deontay Thompson likes hitting people. But anyways, there's a reason why he's going behind Adderley in this mock because Thompson just had a really rough end of the season, but I do think the highs and the talent that he takes, you've got to be able to take him. And since Green Bay definitely upgraded the offense with Fan, give him Thompson. This is an interesting spot for Kansas City because they really need a corner, but I don't know about DeAndre Baker's speed, and there's three already off the board, and it isn't a great cornerback class, and some bigger than eight, some guys like Trevon Diggs and Christian Fulton and uh, Bryce Hall went back that I would love to give him as a cornerback here. So they're really slim pickings right now at the position. I'm going to go with the linebacker instead. I think it's a big need. I think we all saw oh, that last damn, night. Damn, I was going to pick him for man, the next team. They don't have any coverage ability okay, with their great. linebackers. Right, Raglan Hitchens, cool. I mean... Just a big weakness. So I think Mac Wilson brings that to the table. He's got really nice coverage ability. Uh, does the all-around game still need some development? Yes. I thought during the second half of the season, especially in the playoffs, man, he just struggled making plays in space. Later in the season, seemed like he was overrunning things and the angles were bad and the form was worse. So I think he needs to be more consistent, but I think there's a lot of talent there to work with. Patriots, again, this is this is a mock draft pick that is very common. We've seen this before. This ain't nothing new, but it just makes so much sense. I'm going to give him Rashawn Gary because you don't really know. And a sleeper here, can I just give a sleeper? Yeah. Charles Amenehue, I think, kind of plays oh. the same role. I'm not going to I'm not gonna pick him here because I do think the NFL is going to be higher on Gary as a name than Amenehue was. I think, actually, I think Gary ends up going a lot higher than this, but just because of the way this mock kind of went out. These are two guys who I think the Patriots both need edge pressure and a little bit of interior defensive line help. Both those guys can kind of play hybrids, win in different ways. I actually think both of them succeed the most when they're on the inside because they can use their explosion in their hands a little bit better than forcing them to be edge benders, which I don't really think either of them are. But that's kind of where I see Gary's role. I know he's going to be a first-rounder in the end, and so for New England it kind of makes sense because he has the potential to fill both those roles. Rams are in a tough spot here. Back end of the board, man. I feel like they need defensive back help. Just, I mean, all that money is spent on Peters and Joyner and Tlaib and John Johnson's your best DB. Just feels like that has to be a position they'll prioritize. But, man, a run on safeties, a run on corners has left them thin at that spot. Pass rusher could be a need, but the top guys are kind of all off the board at this point. I don't know that I love 
anybody right here in this spot for them as the next rusher off the board. Maybe later in the draft they can fit another sweet spot. But you know, right now I think if you look at the board, I'm not exactly this high on Devin Bush, but I do think he's improved. Yeah, a bit as we watched. did it. We did it, folks. We did it. Uh, we, we got go. Ledger to put Devin Bush in the first round. Did we did it. It's an early. We did it's it. It's an early birthday present we for you. We did it. This is a great moment in the history what of what a wonderful NFL senior draft. bowl week this is. Devin indeed. Bush, ladies and gentlemen, has been welcomed into the first round fold by yours truly. We not saying it. I have a first round grade on him, but I'm saying that he fits the Rams. He fits some things that they're looking for at the spot. And honestly, it's a terrible linebacker class, and the board didn't fall their way. So. Devin Bush comes off the board to the Los Angeles Rams. There it is. There's your pre-senior bowl mock draft 2019 edition. Uh, was this our full first round? Our our first? No. Did we do we did one? one. Yeah, we did one like two months ago. I want to oh, say okay. six weeks ago or something like that. Oh, okay. That might have been our first full one. Okay, I guess we've done a couple stupid. top tens. No, I'm stupid. It's yeah. fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll be uh, back uh, tomorrow. Uh, senior bowl action. We'll be able to talk about a little bit about the pressers tomorrow night and some of the stuff like that as well as give you kind of an updated look at the rosters. We've had a lot of turnover and stuff, and there's been a lot of other things going on with Shrine and with playoffs and stuff like that. We'll make sure you guys are caught up and good to go for Senior Bowl week tomorrow. Then, like I said, great coverage on the podcast, through the live shows right after practice uh, all week long at the Senior Bowl. We'll be thrilled to have you guys with us. So until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.